0: Our world continues to change and push us in ways we have not been challenged before. On this show, we talk about these challenges, how to be aware of them, face them, and overcome them in your life. This is David Waldus, creator of the Aligned Living System.
1: And I'm Nick Musica, Aligned Living Coach. Welcome to the Aligned Living System podcast.
0: Welcome to episode six of the Align Living System Podcast. I'm David, here with uh, Nick Musica again. And uh, today's topic is going to be about divine timing. Um, maybe we can look at it as as like a gestation period. As look, you know, we can look at it from the perspective of even the order in which we need to work through things. And so sometimes divine timing isn't just about it being lined up with, oh, on this specific date, it can be about what it is that we need to process or other people involved in need to process. And so with divine timing, it almost might make sense more sense to call it divine alignment than divine timing, because it's not necessarily about the time. It's about when things align and it's ready and we've done our part and whatever else is involved is done its part uh, and it can come together. And so, you know, when I think about that, I, I also think about, our own human urgency, you know, our discomfort with it's not happened yet. And what it's like for us when we're trying to accomplish something and we get pieces of it done, we tend to feel really urgent about getting all the pieces to come together. And as I was thinking about this, I was flashing back to being a little kid and collecting baseball cards. And, you know, they, they, had like a number on them or there are certain, you know, the players in each team. And there was technically like a full set, meaning every baseball card that was printed for that year, for that season. And I remember people going, like I had friends that would order the whole set of the tops baseball cards. And I, I remember thinking like, it feels like cheating. It feels so boring because I had so much fun, you know, opening up the wrapper and, you know, looking through and seeing which was a double and trading it with my friends. And so much of the enjoyment of it was the process. And to just go buy a box of cards felt like, well, what, 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 you know, what's what's the fun in that? Um, because so much of it was the anticipation, the, you know, you could only see the top card in the deck and the bottom card. You could read the back of it uh, on the see-through decks or the see-through packages. And that was so much of the fun was the unknown and then the trading and, and the game that was with it. And we don't tend to look at our life that way. We tend to look at it as, uh, I want the box set. I want I want it to all come at once. And the truth is that that's not much fun e- either. I think when we've had that happen in our lives, uh, it, it really... There's a lot of the enjoyment of the process, the you know the the unfolding of it, the breadcrumbs, the little clues we get along the way, and then it appearing uh, that just makes it so much more enjoyable. But if we're not in touch with that, and we think, like, God, when is this going to come together? You know, there's just a discomfort the whole time, yeah, so welcome, Nick,
1: thanks, David. So maybe we should rename this episode to why netflix and amazon ruined expectations forever <laughs> yeah that's right. a good one. you
0: remember that like a like little you missed, longer if you missed the dukes of hazard like you weren't gonna see it you again missed we didn't it. know right. that you know 10 years later there'd be reruns right but it was there was no recording there was no uh like it was just if you're not home at whatever eight o'clock on saturday night or whatever it was like
1: it was just gone yeah and then the joy of, wait a minute, you can record that when you're not even home? And then fast forward, whatever, 10, 15, 20, some, some amount of years to the entire season just dropped onto Netflix, HBO, whatever it is. And yeah. I'm going to spend the next month watching all of it. There, there's yeah. no anticipation. There's no... This this immediacy of culture.
0: Yeah. Can I stay up long enough to watch it? Is the
1: <laughs> is yeah. like, and, and I'm guilty of it. I, you know, Julietta, wifey Julietta and I, we, you know, we sit on the couch, watch it, and admittedly, you know, it's 10 o'clock and I slept through the last episode. Yeah. So like wow. it's not even it's but you get up you tomorrow not, and
0: just rewind it and
1: Right. But you're not even you're not even getting the joy out of watching it the first time in some cases. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes mean, you're just getting
0: it done. Oh, I gotta find out what happened. Okay, good. I found out what happened. Now I can stop watching it.
1: It's almost yeah. cliff noty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, there, yeah. there's, there's a test. Binging. I just need to know the. Just give me the ten bullet points. But there's no. Yeah,
0: one yeah. And so you know, it's it's interesting. Another thing that was coming up for me with that too is, you know, when I was in college, I started keeping saltwater reef tanks, and I ended up making a lot of the filtration system myself. Like there's something called a mm. protein skimmer where you run these very fine bubbles through it. And it creates this foam and it pulls a lot of the gunk out of the water, whether it's fish poop or food or contaminants, they get caught in the foam. And then that foam bubbles up and goes over and gets caught in a cup. You know, and I remember like we we made those, we made like a lot of the filtration system because I didn't have the money to invest in it. You know, I was a, a college student. And if I bought a fish or I bought an invertebrate or a coral or something to add to the tank, it was a big deal. Even the lighting, you know, I was always finding working and wired my own lighting because mm-hmm. it was so expensive. And then I was, as an adult, I was like, you know, I haven't, I love that so much. Why don't I get back into the hobby? And so I went to the store and bought a tank and bought expensive lighting and bought, uh, you know, the same filters that I built. But, I, and then I went and I'm like, Oh, I want to put livestock in it and, and put fish in it. So I'd go, and I'm like, I like that fish. And I like that fish. And I just bought them and put them in. And, it was fun. It was enjoyable, but it was probably about 30% as much fun as I had when I was in college, when everything was like a huge deal to get one fish or to build the filter and the satisfaction of getting something to work that I engineered and designed myself and the, the game versus just like, oh, look at this beautiful tank. And of course, the tank looked nicer because it was all you know, high-level lighting, high-level everything, uh, high-level pumps that really moved a ton of water. But it, it it just wasn't as satisfying.
1: So you're 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 calling out it, implicitly, like there's there's a process around the timing and mm-hmm. building yourself and the pride that you put into it and the figuring it out. Yeah, and so um, much of the
0: joy came from that.
1: Yeah. Versus and, and versus it's it's done. Right? Mm-hmm. And and so there, there's 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 um. There's a perspective in terms of philosophy, like how people work sometimes. Some some folks are process centric and what you get is what you get. Mm
0: -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Uh, And then there's folks who look to achieve a hundred, whatever it applies to. And and the process sort of doesn't matter. It could be as Mm -hmm, sloppy or as clean or as um, um, compromised as possible to get to a hundred because a hundred where you're saying that there was a lot of joy in the process. And and I think that's very reflective of timing.
0: Yeah. And how it looked too, you know, like, I mean, the last few tanks that I had, like when I built out a tank, it was 180 gallons. <laughs> it was this massive tank in, in in the middle of my living room. And it was impressive. People walk in and go, Oh my God, beautiful. look at, look at this, like all that rock, all the coral, all the fish. Right.
1: Yeah, I was one of those people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and then, you know, when I had that, you know, eventually I got to a 70 gallon tank in my apartment when I was in college. And that felt like huge to me, but people would walk in and go, Oh, that's cool. Is that algae supposed to be there? (laughs) I'm like, like, well, you know, like I'm saving up to get another filter. That's going to clean that up. But you know, that's in the process, but you know, like all, like it didn't look as impressive from the outside. And so if I was doing it for people to walk in and go, Oh my God, David, look at that. Mm. Like the 180 gallon tank would have been way more you know feeding of that but the 70 gallon tank that had a lot more issues because it didn't have the high level filtration and it you know it was always having to do all this extra maintenance to it it was so much more satisfying but if i was wanting people to come in and be impressed it wouldn't have fed in the same way either but yeah. that's two minutes while somebody's there and then they leave and i'm the one still cleaning out the bottom of the tank and You know, you're not doing it for the joy. And then we personal developments, right? That like that, right? Like people go, my God, you've done all this work. Look at you. Like you're so grounded and solid. That must feel great. Like, I'm so impressed with you. You know, if that's why you're doing it and somebody's impressed with you for five minutes and then they leave and then you're left with yourself and you still got to deal with all this shit. And I I, I think that is the world we live in Mm -hmm. where people are so focused on, you know, either how they're showing up or this process isn't happening fast enough. And that process is our life. It's, you know, and so people, people often when they first start working with me, they go, so what is, what is the homework? You know, what, what is required of me? I'm like, you're supposed to live your life and observe and see what the work things that we work on, what shows up for you and how, how you shift in it and become really curious about your interactions with yourself and others in life and what you're manifesting, what you're creating and how it feels. And then we bring that back in and we fine tune it more until we're getting deeper and deeper into your level of fulfillment and uh you know it's it's such an interesting thing for it to be about the process um because each each time that we get stabilized at that next level of alignment and fulfillment it feels good but you know i I would say the most uncomfortable times for me in my spiritual process and my journey has been when i've just had a big breakthrough and then there's this kind of lull time afterwards of integration and things slow down and it's not quite hmm. as exciting and, and transformational in the moment. But so many things I'd worked on had shifted and I had them now. Those have been almost kind of the least interesting times, I think, in my life. And they usually don't last too long. But then it's like, oh, here comes something else. Now there's something else I'm diving into, some new, you know, aspect of me that needs to be worked through that maybe doesn't look pretty. And from the outside, people go, "Is that algae supposed to be there?" <laughs> you know, but I'm like, well, yeah. I'm working on it. Hopefully, it'll be gone soon." Um, but I'm really appreciating that algae because that's what I'm working through, and there's real purpose in that. And I know that I'm already stabilized at what I've already grown through and created. And as I work through this piece, there's another level of stabilization, and then there'll there'll be something else. But we get to appreciate and enjoy it. And the process is everything. And if we're not enjoying that, if we're just trying to get there, there is no there.
1: No, it's, 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 a at best a false summit, right? Like it's, yeah. and, and you're, you're magically placed on it, right? Which, which is, I think part of the disbelief of doing the work these days, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like there's, there's so many glossy pictures online now of, of the result. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and not a lot of talk about the hard work it took to get there. And, yeah, and if there, yeah. it's like, do this, get a million followers in these 20 steps. And it's, well, sure. <laughs> Maybe. And then internet. what makes it
0: sustainable? And then what do you have to deal with once you have that?
1: Like, right. You
0: know, I mean, that's to me, like fame. I, that's one of the saddest things about fame mm-hmm. is what it does to people because, it makes them have to experience the difference between the way they're being seen and the way they feel about themselves. and that gets magnified so much. And if people are seeking fame without doing this work or seeking notoriety without doing this work, um you know, it, it's like there's a certain level of of work I think that that is really healthy to do before you would seek any sort of big reflection from the outside world or, or, or a lot of spotlight on you.
1: For sure. For sure. And I, I think part of that is uh, as, as you're going through the learnings is getting really clear um, as to what you want and what you're trying to create. So when that thing ideally comes around and then, and the payday is there or whatever it is there that you've been trying to create, however, it shows up, if that's mm-hmm. the original thing you tried to create or not, yeah. And let's assume there's fame attached to it since I was the example. Mm-hmm. You you still have a, a moral compass, mm-hmm. a a goal compass around this is what I want from this thing. And so if those things aren't interesting, then then don't engage with them. You don't yeah. need to. Yeah. Yeah. Because everyone else is doing it. You don't you don't need to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, you know, and so bring this back to like that foundational piece of the process of our own personal growth, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think every one of us could identify something in our life that's uncomfortable to us right now, that we wish were different, that would require us to grow in some way or take something on that we've been afraid to take on or have a conversation or take a risk or whatever that is. And, you know, the idea of, living with these discomforts and, and, you know, I think we did an episode a while back it was probably actually when we were doing the foundation podcast more, but I think it's around um, the the idea of knowing the difference between pushing it versus manifesting, allowing stuff to unfold versus feeling like, you know, it's all on me and I need to do the things that force it into being versus I'm allowing for that divine timing. I'm I'm allowing it to unfold and how that dances is really powerful. Maybe we did it on here already. It feels like a a topic that we talked about recently, but that whole piece of when we're in our hearts and when we're in that expression of self, when we're in our greatest gifts, that unfolding naturally happens and the motivations right there for us to do it. And it's a really clear way we can tell, you know, am I forcing this or am I allowing this? And when we're in that egoic desire of, of this is going to make this okay, this is going to solve this. We're in that illusion Mm -hmm. that says, you know, if only this can happen if I can be discovered or, you know, if I can, you know, have this job or this partner or this client or whatever it is, then everything's going to be OK. You know, we get confronted with what that means. And there's another level of ourselves that that we get to work through that when we're in that place of, oh, shit, now I got to take this on. There's a lot of discomfort and there's a lot of um. You know, like it feels like, again, false summiting versus the idea of, oh, okay, well, that's beautiful that that came together. You know, this is going to ask something else of me, and it's going to ask me to develop another part of me. And that's why I'm here. No part of me is here to settle, settle in. And if I'm on this process, then I have to get really comfortable with the process. And I think a lot of people, when they first start doing this personal development yep. work, they mm-hmm. go, you know what, like, this is scary. I feel like I'm on a tightrope. 30 yards off the, over the top of a parking lot. And if I fall, I might die. Like this is this scary. Hmm. And after we're doing it for a while, can we go, you know what? Like I built so much foundation, so much relationship with myself, so much sense of who I am and trust in the universe and the unfolding, trusting myself and the unfolding that that tightrope that I'm walking on now, or that bounce beam, it's like six inches off the ground. I'm not in a big risk situation anymore. And so that thing that's uncomfortable, sure. It's uncomfortable. I wish it was different. But it's okay. It's gonna solve itself at the right time. I need to stand myself. I need to recognize that I'm not really in a threat. It just has felt that way in the past. And when we equalize that, and I mean that's one of the things that we get into very quickly because when we operate in that aligned state, the urgency, the and the personalness of everything's and that there's something wrong diminishes really in a powerful way. So it helps us get in touch with feeling our alignment and feeling safe in the process. And when we feel safe in the process, we can enjoy the process. When we feel unsafe in the process, all we're trying to do is get to the end of a process that never ends.
1: Right, 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 right. And that's right.
0: that's kind of silly.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and, and we, we may even say process, but we, what we're really feeling is result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're not honoring the process, largely.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Just, How do I get from here yeah. to
0: there? Yeah, and yeah. and that's what often when people get very goal oriented, you know, our, our ego decides on a goal, and we get there, and then so often people go, well, that's great. I created this. I feel so great for thirty seconds. Now I got to deal with what does it take to maintain this. Now what I got to, you know, like like, do I even want this? You know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, all of those pieces versus the idea of letting it unfold. <laughs> and my process, my joy is this next level of discovery and then stabilizing it next level of discovery sure. and save stabilizing it
1: yeah yeah and and, and I, you know i've been pressing we've, we've been pressing a lot on process and and not going for the result and so you i think it's a yes and like it's oh, absolutely saying, yeah. throw, throw out the goals um but there needs to be integrity in the goals tied to that process getting there like you shoot shoot, shoot for the, the the big things you want to go get yeah but it has to be through the lens of and the process of this integrity and this alignment that we're talking about.
0: Yeah. that It's connected with my greatest gifts, connected with how I want to show up in the world, connected with my own integrity. And if at a certain point I discover that that path that I was on, there's an illusion around it and it popped. And now I I see a greater, clearer path that it's okay to reassess my goals. But so often when we're so goal-driven We go, you know what? I'll worry about that once I've achieved this goal. And I'm going to keep going down that trajectory, even though I've already learned what I needed to. And maybe that goal, the illusion around it was absolutely perfect for me. I wasn't misguided. I wasn't wrong. I didn't screw something up. I was just Mm -hmm. going down that road. And I realized something by going down that road that's very powerful for me and serves me moving forward. And now I get to utilize that as I reassess my goals. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I I often, you know, I feel like I've been in this work and doing the line living work for so long that going back to the idea of, you know, how does this land for people that are new to this and the idea of God, you know, like goals are so important and, you know, doing the, doing the work is so important. And, you know, what are Uh the things that are, you know, that I can't be lazy, that I can't be uh, that I have to be driven. And of course, they're all parts of it. And none of this is saying that that's wrong. But what it is saying is that when we balance it with a sense of I'm okay, with a sense of when I follow my alignment, the urgency doesn't show up in an uncomfortable way. But there will be times when we go, man, there's an opening right now and I got to go for it. Like I got to like give it all right now, put everything into it because I see the opportunity right here. But that's not all the time. But when we're in that duress of the discomfort and the urgency, quite often we feel like we just got to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And so there's not a like there's no uh nuance to it. There's no intelligence to knowing when and where to push and, and where to put your energy into it, where to conserve. You know, because we're always operating in that the the drive is from the discomfort rather than being able to read what's happening, where the openings and where the opportunities are, and then accelerating there. It's almost sure. like, uh, you know, a higher level of of being very driven because yeah. when we're first very driven, we just push, 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 push and being very driven in a way where we can read the nuances and the energies and the openings, we go, okay, idle, idle, idle. There's the opening. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Slowing down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's funny. You just, I kept on hearing car metaphors as you were talking I was getting car <laughs> metaphors and and I, I love driving a stick shift. I wish I still had one, but we'll, we'll see what happens with the next vehicle. Um, But it's, it, it seems like when you're goal oriented, oriented, not process, uh minded uh, mm-hmm. not aligned yeah. like you can just be in first gear just off the clutch and just pounding <laughs> on that gas revving just that red engine. line that... yeah, yeah. right that... and the car's only going to go so fast but that's sort of reflective of the grinding culture that we have you know keep on going keep on doing it you got to you just keep on grinding you'll get to the result
0: yeah and maybe yeah. It
1: may feel awful getting there and may feel awful when you are there versus this is actually how the car functions
0: Mm-hmm, you hit mm-hmm.
1: 2,000 RPM. You put the clutch in. You smoothly transfer the gear. Lay off the clutch. Gas it, and now we're accelerating again. And there's that idling piece in between where you're you're just coasting mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. between the clutch and the brake. Um, hopefully, this lands for people who don't drive a stick. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> what's who a stick. stick? Yeah, um, but there's there's a certain process, and and you get there in a very fluid way. Um, I took a driving class once about 10 years ago, and, uh, it was, it was a safety defensive driving class for, for an adult. not just when you get your license. I was going to say, isn't that the kind of class they usually give you if you get like tickets? Yeah. (laughs) And not, and not that either. Not that either. Not that I couldn't use one of those. Um, and, and the instructor was, was a former race car driver Mm -hmm. and he, and he said, you know, the, the smoother I drive, the faster I went. Mm-hmm. And and we're sort of talking about that here. It's it's that smoothness mm-hmm. that gets you the speed of the momentum to get to your destination yeah. in a yeah. in a productive way where it was actually, it felt good to get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you hear those race car drivers talk about how they're also monitoring the amount of gas they have. Because if they can back off a little bit and they don't need to make a, as many pit stops over the length of the race, like just going all out the whole time may not be it because the amount of time it takes for the pit stop. And I, I remember seeing this interview years ago about like one of the drivers was talking about a race. one. He was like, God, I, like, he's like, I knew that the other guy that was the biggest competition was going to have to pit. And I felt like if I just backed off a little bit and let him go, I'd have enough gas and I'd be able to make it. I wouldn't have to hit one more pit stop. My tires would hold up. And that was his strategy, and so he slowed down to win the race. Uh, that's cool! Isn't that a cool? Uh, yeah, yeah. Strategy because yeah. he, he knew the other guy was going so hard, he was going to have to pit. Yeah. Um,
1: Funny, yeah, and and you know, in in the world of grind and ideas, and the first one wins. Uh, I mean, maybe first to market is a thing for sure in the business world.
0: Yeah. Well, also, where are in the cycle are you too, right?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and also what you just said reflects the business world. I mean, a lot of time is a, a, a quick rate that's comfortable for you doing the right things over mm-hmm. time tends to get you the good results you're looking for. Yeah. yeah, And a lot of people burn out before that. Yeah. So yeah. you may have you and five competitors in the space. You're one and two, you're mm-hmm. three, there's two competitors. You're, yeah. you're Four, there's no more competitors because you did things the right way, the way that was sustainable. Out- outlasted. And yeah. You just simply outlasted because you did the right things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I I mean, I I think we see that in all areas of life, too. And I, I know personal development, it's like, it's a long, long path. And, you know, I was actually having a conversation with a client earlier today about, you know, how hard they would push themselves. Like, like, at what point does this get to serve you? At what point do you get to go, God, look how solid my foundation is. Hmm. And now I trust myself in whole new ways, or am I just always pushing myself so hard that I haven't integrated it, that I haven't let it land and, you know, materialize into my sense of self. And I I think we see that quite often. I mean, you know, as valuable as the plant medicine community is, I, I think there's a lot of people that push it that way that don't do the integration. They're just like, you know, whenever I do plant medicine for the next 12 days, I feel amazing. And so I'm going to do it every 15 days <laughs> or whatever, yeah. uh, you know, and just keep it because ha- they're not about learning how to stabilize it themselves. They're learning how to integration. There's other people that use plant medicine in a very different way. They're just like, wow, that was a real expansion. Let me take that and stabilize it. Let me move my baseline instead of relying on the medicine to move my baseline um, yeah. or to move myself because my baseline never moved, I should say. Um, but it's it's like we see it everywhere. And and so, you know, what does that look like? for you as you're reflecting on your, you know, your path down this, the idea that, you know, how many things have you decided has have to change in your life or there's something that you need to grow and that's going to solve the problem. And, you know, you really need to push towards that versus co-creating with the universe, so to speak, co-creating with ourselves and really looking for the opportunities, knowing that, and, and this is a, the, like maybe people don't want to hear this, but but here's the the reality of it. Any breakthrough that I've ever had that I've seen in clients generally requires something from us on the other side of that. Whether it's we have to shift the way that we see ourselves and now the way that we engage from that place of recognizing, taking our ourselves or what we're doing, what we're offering, uh, you know, our relationship with spirit, however we see it. Like when we have to take that more seriously, now all of a sudden that's going to require something else from us. And as we make that change, it requires something else from us. And if we're always just trying to push through to get the change, at a certain point, if we haven't moved our baseline with that, if we haven't been ready for all those changes that we're creating, we end up in that healing crisis because all of a sudden we get... Really, just blasted with oh my god! All this stuff shifted, and I haven't grown in a way like my consciousness hasn't grown, my relationship with myself, my identity hasn't grown, my trust hasn't grown, and now I have all this responsibility that I don't know what to do with. Uh, And and it's you know it's that urgency that we get like when we can trust the perfect pace that things are unfolding for us, and that we're taking the steps that we need to take without pushing. Like that is the fastest path forward and anything else comes with a crash
1: for sure yeah
0: yeah i I know i've told that story on here before about that the one client that i had that uh i was working with a few of his friends at the same time and he felt like his friends were moving at a faster pace than he was and so he said you know i don't think you know like what i'm capable of and Mm. i want you to uh to you know whatever you're giving them i'm like i'm hearing about their experiences like bring that and i'm like well it's not me bringing that you know it's like we open up to this space and things happen energy comes through the experience happens we have this transformation inside of ourselves and it matches up with our own perfect pace and he and he's like i, I don't i don't i don't buy that. Buying I, I, that i i can go faster and so i'm like well you're not telling me this you're telling the universe this and here's what i know about that is when you request that that's what's going to happen and if you're not ready for it, it comes with a healing crisis. And he's like, dude, I'm ready. I'm like, you're not telling me. Like, <laughs> unless you're calling the universe, dude. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe you are, but you're looking at me when you're saying it. So you're not telling me. I'm not <laughs> the one making this happen. And sure enough, like, he calls me like three days later. He's like, oh, yeah, my old shit's coming up from my childhood. No. I was like, dude, no joke. No joke. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so it took him you know, like another six weeks or so to to mm. restabilize off that. And that first 10 weeks that we were spending together, most of it was restabilizing, you know, what he'd put in action on the second or third week. And so then we, you know, then we were able to get into it, but it was such a powerful lesson for him of like, and it became kind of an inner joke between us. You know, every once in a while he'd like joke, like he was going to ask the universe to, you know, hit the gas. And he's like, dude, I learned that one. I like. I trust divine timing. I trust letting things unfold, because when we don't and we think we're ready, you know, like ah, I think the universe is just confused. They just don't know who I am. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I'm pretty sure they do. Um, yeah,
1: I don't, I don't think that's the case. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so you know, like yes, it was super challenging for them, and it was such a powerful lesson that I'm sure they still carry through to this day. You know, it's uh, of trusting how things want to unfold. And trusting the support that comes with it. Because when we think we know better, our own urgency or our own discomfort is more important than that divine timing and that perfect pace the universe is giving us. Um, it, it comes with a cost. And uh, mm-hmm. and so does laziness. So does I don't want to deal with this. For so sure. So does putting it off. And for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting topic. Mm-hmm. That was a so quick timing. half hour.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch out for that timing. It's got to be uh, sustainable.
0: Yeah. And, and the urgency, like the idea of, uh, um, that because of our human connection to the illusion that this will just be a lot easier once this is done or this will solve it, or I'm there now. Um, it's just not a, it's not a true thing. And and it's an emotional truth rather than a literal truth. <laughs> yeah. And when and then, we behave an emotional truth, we get ourselves in trouble.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of, I think, um, if people were to wonder where that feeling is coming from, it's typically not within, it's no, on no. the outside, yeah, or our ego, yeah,
0: it's, it's not our or the ego, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. masking intent with ego, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and, so and it's, it's the illusion that it's going to create something that's not really going to create. So, the idea that's yeah. going to create the next demand on me, the idea is going to solve all the demands, yeah, 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 yep, awesome yep. stuff, yeah, so, um still want people to, uh, reach out and have questions. And one of the things, the next steps in this podcast too, is inviting people to, um, to share their questions so that I can tap in and respond to them in a way that's universal and helpful to everybody. And so if you're listening and you have something from your life that you're wanting clarity on, uh, go ahead and reach out to us. You can reach out through the website. There's a contact us, um, in the top right-hand corner, davidwaldus.com, uh, if you're finding out, if you're on our email list already, you can respond to the emails. Um, but, uh, love to have this be more interactive and to be able to help some people directly along the way. And then, um, the other listeners, uh, it's amazing how it always ties into everybody else's life when uh-huh. somebody else is getting support in front of everybody uh-huh. else.
1: It's like what the teacher said growing up. Like if you have a question, ask the question. There's probably 20 other people thinking the same thing.
0: (laughs) Yep. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening again. And uh, please subscribe if you haven't already. And if you're enjoying what you're listening to, too, we'd love some reviews. It really helps get other listeners on here to benefit as well. So have a great week. Thanks, folks. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast. And if you did... Please subscribe so you can catch the next episode. If you want to learn more about the Aligned Living System and how it could support you in your life, check out davidwaldus.com.